Hello and welcome to Jetpack Distribution's very first Behind the Blast podcast. I'm Matt Bowen and in this series we'll be meeting with producers and creators of some of the biggest shows in our catalogue, finding out what makes them tick and how a simple idea can be turned into a massive hit. And you can subscribe now to ensure that you don't miss any episode. Our first guest is a prolific writer and series creator whose earliest credit was as a writer on the rebooted Captain Pugwash series of the late 1990s. With a CV that includes iconic brands aplenty, writing credits on Angelina Ballerina and Fyman Sam, script editing on Charlie and Lola, but it was for creating and producing Grandpa in My Pocket that she received international acclaim with four kids' BAFTA nominations and a Welsh BAFTA win. A new series, Mimi's World, is about a modern-day Mary Poppins and is already proving a hit on Milkshake in the UK with its mix of stories, songs, play and magic. From Adastral Development, please welcome Melly Buse. Thank you very much, Matt. That was an extremely warm and wonderful intro. <laughs> I mean, a sort of legend doesn't quite cut it with all of those stop. big, big, big titles under your belt. But we've all got to start somewhere. So let's take you right the way back to the very beginning. What was your very first job in the business? First telly was writing on a rebooted series of the new adventures of Captain Pugwash, oddly, way back in the early 90s. Um, I knew the producer and he obviously thought, oh, I think this I think this woman could probably string a few words together. So we'll, we'll let her have a crack at it. So it was luck and a great opportunity. And obviously one had to sort of steer away from the inevitable um, double entendres that are associated well, with that. That's brand. what Captain Pugwash is known for. It's known for well, indeed. rudeness, basically. <clears throat> which, was all, which was all a myth, an urban myth. But nevertheless, yes, it was. Um, and I, while I was writing the Pugwash series, I was working in a recording studio um, as a producer and um, we did all sorts of spoken word. It was radio, really, um, dramatised documentaries and children's stories and um, uh, Penguin audiobooks um, appeared on the scene because it was the great big audiobook sort of revolution where all the audiobook thing was suddenly happening. So I got to work with lots of big lardy actors on audiobooks and Penguin wanted a series of dramatised Roald Dahl titles. They wanted nine. And it sort of fell into my lap, Matt, you know? So could I please dramatise nine Roald Dahl stories and produce them and direct them? And, and I, you know, I hauled in all the sort of big actors who were, you know, very happy to come and play at being a witch or a giant or whatever. And it was just a fabulous opportunity. And as a result of that, I got my writing agent, Gemma Hurst. And very quickly after that, I got hired by the Jim Henson Company. Again, it, luck was seriously on my side at that stage. And uh, worked with the wonderful Jocelyn Stevenson on a show called Moppetop Shop, which then subsequently led to me show running a big Henson show called The Hoobs which was uh, 250 half hours. <laughs> wow. And I said yes, because I was young and I knew nothing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you just don't take it. <clears throat> well, I had nothing to lose. So that was a terrific, you know, um, opportunity. And it was, it was particularly lucky because it was a show running um, system. So I got to use all the bits of me that were sort of, there lying dormant. I'd done a drama degree and so it was sort of, I was just really lucky that it wasn't just the writing, it was it was more of the producing and the kind of creative 
you know. And that and that got you going. So we'll we'll, we'll skip we'll skip a handful of intervening years and bring you kind of right up to date with Mimi's World. Where where did that come from? What was your your inspiration behind Mimi's World? Well, when when I think about creating a, a new show, I tend to think of what would I like to write about that would resonate with the young audience that I that I you know really really enjoy serving, um, and how can I make that theme be fun and inspiring and aspirational and all the things that we as a company really like to try to do. And I wanted with, I mean, with Grandpa on my pocket, obviously we wanted to write about the grandparent-grandchild relationship and that's where it started. And then how were we going to deliver that? And with Mimi's World, I wanted to write about um, emotional resilience, really. I wanted to find a way to do a social-emotional show um, that really tapped into helping kids to not just process the, their emotions, but to to have some kind of a little bit of grit, just a little bit of grit. Um, and then I thought, well, wh where would we set this? It would be great to set to find some sort of precinct where we could not just mix the um, ethnic demographics, but we could mix the social um, and economic demographics so that, you know, the, the plumber's daughter could be best friends with the consultant heart surgeon's son. And I thought that was really important, uh, particularly for, for, for the you know, 21st century. And, and indeed, it's, it's happening more, which is great. It's really heartening. And so I didn't want to set it in a family or in a street because then you get the same, the same all the time. social group. Mm. So I thought, well, what about a fantastic childcare setting, <clears throat> you know, and have a, a really aspirational place where kids, when they watch it, would all go, I really want to go there. That's where I want to go after school. And it started off because I thought, well, let's let's set it in a fabulous apartment at the tippy top of a big high rise block with a wonderful view. And let's have this wonderful childcare guru who's been all over the world. So her apartment's full of fabulous stuff that kids wouldn't necessarily have seen, you know, didgeridoos and wonderful African drums and toys from different countries and Chinese puppets. I mean, I wanted to make it international in its flavour and sort of setting it up high, offering those children a window on a wider world, you know, sort of physically and metaphorically. And it was originally called Rooftoppers because I had this, this image of this wonderful, lush rooftop garden, you know, very green and gorgeous. I thought, oh, yeah, that's it, Rooftoppers. And the tag was not just a club but a way of life, I think we, we did. But the, the, the rooftop thing... <clears throat> got some sort of partners and broadcasters a tiny bit anxious. And I think one or two people it's in the compliance, <laughs> compliance departments went and laid in a darkened room, <laughs> envisaging yeah, you us, can't encouraging... Have, you can't have preschoolers running around I, on rooftops. It's really, just... <laughs> really, all they're going to want to do is hurl themselves off, obviously. Yeah, no, obviously. So that didn't matter. That was fine. That was fine. We just ended up with a wonderful balcony that was big and lush and full of gorgeousness. So that's that's where it sort of began. And it, and it, it was then called Mimi's World, um, which I think, you know, I think is a better title. You know, it's with development, you, you know, it's so evolutionary and you usually take a while to really smell it, you know, and know that you've got it. So that's where it that's basically where it began. 
And that's kind of so it's sort of built from there. And, and part of the magic within the show is the whole kind of the mixed media world that you've got going on. You've got sort of characters like Sausage, Yu Yu, Mama Tembo, uh, the Worry Dolls, and the trips into the magic portals and all this, this kind of sort of sort of fantasy world almost that the kids manage to go into. What made you choose the, the mixed media route rather than just going down a, you know, sort of a straight live action or, or straight animation? Because it's more fun, it's more creative. Those imaginary characters that um, uh, that Mimi summons up, the magical characters she summons up in her apartment, are really extensions of herself. Um, because what you would do if you didn't have the magic and you didn't have the mixed media and you didn't have the elevated reality and you didn't have the fantasy, basically Mimi would sit a child down on the sofa and have a little chat. Well, you know, why have a little chat when you can do it with an elephant? or, you know, a, a wonderful little dog or, a, or a, a unicorn. Let's do it, let's do it with something inspiring and, and fun and colourful. And so that's really, and, and the mixed media is kind of our thing. Um, uh, and it just, it's just not, it's, we don't do mirror on life. We do elevated stuff. Um, and, that, and, and that's why, and this just got more and more magical as I worked through it, you know. Originally, there was just one magical character, and then there were three, and then there were four. And then we had the magic portals that you jump through, and so we had all the 2D animation as well. So it just sort of grew. And, and you know, it's like everything. It sort of finds itself. And, and, and obviously, you're building it up and building it up. And, and you've worked with a couple of different partners, I think, for, um, for this one as well, haven't you, to, to make the worlds come to life? We were so lucky with our animation team. Um, there are two companies in Northern Ireland, um, a company called Alt Animation, who did all the 2D portals for us. And the 3D stuff was done by a company called Taunt. Um, and honestly, Matt, they are so talented and they were so flexible and tolerant because, you know, as you can imagine, this was a, this was a COVID show. And uh, everybody needed to draw on every single bit of their, you know, patience <laughs> to get through it. And we'll we'll we'll, we'll come we'll come to some of those um, those COVID challenges uh, in in a little while. But uh, first of all, I just want to sort of go back to you mentioned obviously right in the beginning when you were introducing the show that it, it's about it's about resilience. There are a lot of really big themes within the series about kind of sort of helping kids kind of understand the world around them. Just talk a little bit more about them and, and why that they they're sort of so important in this kind of twenty first century age. Well, I mean, obviously there are a lot of shows about emotional challenges that children have. I mean, there are only seven ideas in the world. So you have to think, well, I'm going to do, I'm going to do that idea, but how do we make it really distinctive? Um, and it, it wasn't so much the, the foundation of Mimi's world, and this is going to sound worthy, and I think you already know me well enough to know that I'm not Mrs. Worthy, but the foundation there was the idea that not only did we want children to understand and process their emotions, but we wanted them to have some control over their emotions, which is slightly different. So the example I always use is, um, I understand why you're feeling angry, Matt. You have every right to feel angry, Matt. I can see exactly why you're feeling angry, Matt, but you could choose not to feel angry. How does that feel? Ooh, Ooh that feels better. So there you are, you can have that one for nothing. And the answer is yes, I do use this. <laughs> 
<laughs> I do use this. But it's and, a very and, I, and I no longer feel angry as well. I there just I feel are, so see, calm now. It's like because you were works. bloody livid when you started this. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's 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 a very simple philosophy, and it's used in counselling. It's a it is a known, and we had a consultant come on board, and she just put her finger on that, which was the distinction between oh, children are processing their emotions, and what we're trying to do. So just give them that little bit more. So we used a very subtle thing <clears throat> instead of saying something like the thunder the thunder scares me. We don't say that in Mimi's world. We use different terminology. I feel scared because of the thunder. So the thunder scares me means there's nothing you can do about it because the thunder is scaring you and it's the thunder's fault. But I feel scared because of the thunder. Well, then there's the potential within that for you not to feel scared. If you understand what the thunder is and why it's happening, then maybe you can choose not to feel frightened when it goes bang. So that's just a very simple explanation. And it's really important, I guess, to kind of get those sort of messages ingrained in kids' heads at a young age so that, you know, sort of dealing with simple things like sort of scary thunder, you can then, as an older, sort of an adult, sort of process sort of other things in a more healthy way, I guess. And it's kind of building that resilience into adulthood. Hopefully we're sowing a little seed. You know, television can't change the world, but hopefully it can be, you know, it can be a little bit enriching and inspiring and helpful. If anyone's going to change the world, Millie, it's going to be you, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> we, we, we touched on, I mean, you touched on some of the challenges. Obviously, the, uh, the the biggest thing was trying to bring Mimi's world to life during a global pandemic. And I, I know people who worked on grown-up shows who had a hard enough time trying to make actors control themselves in amongst all the restrictions that you had. Oh, darling, How... you can't make actors in control themselves ever under any well, circumstances. Well, you, you were working with kids who are well-known for just wanting to run around and just kind of live in havoc how did you navigate all of the restrictions that were kind of put upon the show as a result of the the pandemic well it, it i mean it was a huge challenge there's no question but the biggest challenge really was not so much the shoot but the preamble because we had to delay it by 15 months Wow. And then we had to rebudget it to make it work for covid because those covid protocols are jolly costly and we had to have them obviously in place because of insurance and everything else. And also we didn't want anyone to get COVID. <laughs> we didn't want to stop the show. Um, so, I mean, our, our funders all stayed with us, which was, which was fantastic. But it was a big challenge trying to make it work because originally it was an 11 week shoot. And I, we had to, we had to um, get all the kids from GB to Northern Ireland. Um, and normally, under normal circumstances, you'd fly them back and forth. The flights used to be cheap. You could just pop them in and out so a kid could come for two weeks, go home for a week, come back for three days, done deal. But we were going to have to bubble them, and I could not um, countenance imprisoning children and their mums or their dads for 11 weeks. You know, that was no. like... And this was going to be at a time when the rest of the world was, was allowed out to play because the actual lockdown was over so all their friends would be on summer holidays whoop whoop here I am and you know in Mallorca and they they were being kind of incarcerated in a in a in a warehouse in Belfast not for 11 weeks so basically I recast it I rewrote 40 episodes we did 40 instead of 52 I reformatted it and put a little more animation in it so we had more portals in introduced cut the cast the adult cast down it was a it became less of a sitcom with magic and more of a format show. 
And I don't think it suffered as a result of that. I suffered a bit as a result of that. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think the show did. Um, no. You know, it's just a bit, it's different, but it's very clear. And the fundamental, the bedrock of what we were trying to do is still there. And the magic's all there and the music's all there. So it was fine. But we did have two casts of children for four weeks each. Um, and it was all done under COVID. And, you know, every day you would go in to the shoot thinking, is today the day we're going to have to shut the show? Um, and actors would turn up and test positive in the morning. And then I'd desperately at eight o'clock be rewriting the day's shoot. Wow. To, you know, I mean, you can spot the COVID shows if you're smart. Yeah. I mean, you know, some random There's... person turning up with a dog. That's weird. But, you know. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a challenge for, uh, for, for anyone out there who just sort of sit yeah. through all 40 episodes and try and work out which ones were the ones Spot that were made on the, the day. the COVID days. <laughs> anyway, but it was remarkable and the crew were fantastic and very young, um, you know, a, a young team, a lot of them in their first jobs. And it was a big, you know, it was a biggie. Mm. It was a biggie. And they were, they were delightful because most of them work on, you know, line of duty and heavy, heavy dramas. And they just had an absolute blast on this kind of mad, wonderful, colourful preschool show. They all dressed up every day. In different, I mean, they were brilliant with the kids. So we couldn't have asked for more from Northern Ireland, really. It's, it, it, it sounds fantastic. And as you say, you know, it, it, although COVID kind of influenced what you did with the show, it's kind of actually, it's changed it a little bit, but actually it's worked, as you say, yeah. you know, obviously. I, it, and... I, it hasn't, it made it a bit different. It didn't make it worse. And that's no. my maxim with everything, really. You yeah. can make things different as long as you don't make them worse, then that's... you can buy it. Yeah, absolutely, and it's uh, it's it's clearly working. I'm I'm conscious, believe it or not, that the time is is slightly against us. It's we're we're flying through, and, and any minute now, I'm going to start getting someone like tapping their watch I rather know. angrily. Are they boring? Oh, tell me about it. But I've got so many questions I want to ask. So if it's all right with you, <coughs> I want to try a quick fire round. Okay. Which is just like kind of a, a list of questions, very kind of top answers. Maybe if something's really weird comes up, we'll we'll dig deeper. I don't know. But uh, if you're up for it, go for the quick. The quick fire round and see okay. what we get through. See okay. how much we can get okay. through. So first up, uh, which character in Mimi's world do you most identify with? Ooh, blah, 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 blah. Um, oh, that's really hard because they're all my babies. We don't want favouritism here, but um, I, if I you guess had it's to, my, if somebody I, made if you, if I had to, I, I would go for Mama Tembo. And I would go for Mama Tembe the elephant because I was brought up in Africa and I just love that character and I love all the words of wisdom and the and the proverbs and the African sayings and the fantastic Miriam McCabe singing. Yeah. That's she's just, my she's my girl. It's back to your roots sort of thing. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And this I mean if you had a hard hard job choosing a character, choosing a favorite episode from Mimi's uh, world. <clears throat> Oh, oh they're, they're they're really very different. I, 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 I was very very pleased with the Father's Day episode, and we got some wonderful feedback on that. And that was quite a hearty episode that explored quite a big thing. So it was kids whose father didn't live at home, a little girl whose dad didn't live at home, and she was seeing him on Father's Day, and she was nervous and worried and a bit cross, and you know all those mm. mixed emotions. So that was a kind of big emotional. Um, show and we got some fantastic feedback from parents and you know the sort of thing that makes you think that's why I do this that's, that's the, why I do that's um, what you're and aiming some of for. the shows with the dinosaur of are, are, are fabulous because the the 2d animation in those is wonderful and sausage has a great a great role to play in those so 
you know, but again, I, it's a tough, it's a tough, it's a tough call. It's a tough call, but you, know, you made a call. That's not bad. This is going to be even tougher, given everything that you've written on kind of in your entire career, the thing you've written or created that you're most proud of. <laughs> I can't I feel like I really that. put you on the spot that is That is seriously favourite child syndrome, and I'm not going there. I'm so, I'm proud of all of them for different reasons. I'm proud of this one for for all the reasons that we've just discussed, that we managed to get something that looks gorgeous and is working up together during that pandemic. It was I'm so hugely chuffed that we managed to do that. Um, I'm obviously really proud of Grandpa in My Pocket because that was our first big show and we did five seasons of that. I'm really proud of the hoobs because obviously it was completely mad of me to agree to do that and we pulled it off and got a BAFTA. So, you know, different reasons for different, you know, horses for courses there, Matt. I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to pick. <laughs> uh, so we'll try this one then. The thing that you wish you'd written or created. Peppa Pig, because I'd be on a yacht now. <laughs> That's I a mean, perfect answer. <laughs> you know, what's not to love? <laughs> I think, m m I mean, more recently, the shows that I, that I hugely admire, I, I think that Hey Dougie is a work of complete genius. Mm -hmm. And it has the hallmark of a really creator-led show, and it and it and it's it's a show where you think a bro the broadcaster took a bit of a fly on this because it's quirky and and very individualistic. And I and to be fair, the shows that we've done, you know, we we accept that the broadcasters have taken a, taken a risk. We like, you know, you need to take a risk. Charlie and Lola took a the risk, and it worked. And um, so I think that's that's brilliant. And Bluey similarly has got that. You know, yeah, it's yeah. got its own distinctive Some, quality. Something about and it. And also artistry, really mm. important for me to see some flair. My mother, my old mother, um, old mother, my dearly departed mother, um, <clears throat> was uh, a, um, a, a singer and a theatre director and, and subsequently a teacher and a head teacher. And she always used to say, if you give them quality, you will get quality back. Mm. And it's a it's a great maxim that that's a, that's a great motto to live by a great motto to live by. Um, the, the if you hadn't made it in the medium industry, what would you have done? <laughs> God, have I made it? Does anyone make it? Well, um, you've you've you've, well, you've done all right. You've done all I've right. I've done okay. It's been fun. Um, I well probably in in my younger days I would probably have done I would have probably headed towards journalism. Um, but I suppose that is media related. Um, now, if I if I jump ship now, I would grow dahlias, Matt. Oh, lovely! Because it's a nice, benign thing to do. They don't answer back, um, <laughs> but neither do they bloom in a heat wave. So you know, but yeah, <laughs> and you, can, and you, can put them in a, you can put them in a rooftop garden with no compliance levels at all. As... <laughs> you can. Uh, Charlie or Lola? Charlie. Charlie, always. And the last one from our quick fire round, your favourite TV show as a child, kids' TV show. <laughs> OK, so now this is weird. So Go on. I was I was brought up in Uganda and um, th there really wasn't any TV for kids. There was one dedicated show. We had the odd thing like Here's Lucy and the Man from Uncle and Lost in Space, but there was only one dedicated children's show and it was called Auntie Treasure's Half Hour. And we loved her. She was a lovely, I mean, she was, she's Mama Tembo. She was a lovely, warm, wise, jolly, 
woman who did this half-hour show, which I actually got to go on, Matt. Did you? Oh, yes. This is your first media job. You lied earlier on. This is your first media job by the sounds of it. Oh, yeah, I suppose <laughs> it was really my debut on Auntie Treasure's Half Hour. I was, <clears throat> I was playing the goose, darling, in the National Theatre production of Mother Goose in Kampala. And they had flown the goose costume out from Burnham's and Nathan's in London, the costumiers. So it was the pucker West End goose outfit with the mask and the head and the legs Mm. and the feet and the tail and the whole caboodle. And I had to do pirouettes and lay eggs, as you do, as geese do. And Auntie Treasure came to the show and invited me to appear on Auntie Treasure's Half Hour. Can you imagine? Yes. So this was a biggie. Unfortunately, it went horribly wrong. (laughs) Dare I ask? (laughs) Well, she always invited a group of kids to join her and she would tell them stories and they'd sing. And on this particular occasion, she had a, a brownie pack and they did a lovely song and walked on tins or whatever it is brownies do, you know. And I was waiting offset to make my pirouetting entrance, darling. Um, which I duly did with my mother on piano. And the kids took one look at me and they all leapt up and screamed, it's a big duck! And they ran away. <laughs> this is live TV. Fantastic. So, so you're, you're, I, in your very first role within kids TV, you scared the audience half to death. Hopeless. So I thought, stay behind the camera, Mel. Don't try that again. That was and a on, fail. And on that note, I think we should say thank you so much, Mother Goose, Melly Muse, for your uh, time and talking us through Mimi's world today. It's been uh, it's been great talking to you. Um, and if you're in the UK, you can catch up on episodes of Mimi's World via my five at channel5.com forward slash milkshake. Or you can check out the trailer and availability for the series on the shows page of our website at jetpackdistribution.tv. That's all for this episode of Behind the Blast. If you've enjoyed it, be sure to tell your friends. And if you haven't enjoyed it, well... Tell them anyway, see what they think. We'll be back behind the blast again very soon, so be sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss out. But in the meantime, thanks again, Nelly, and thanks for listening. <laughs>